Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone, all those that are located in the United States and around the world. I have a two B with a, what am I trying to say here? Two billion reach, and I know sometimes uh, when I speak that uh, it doesn't come out clearly in my words as far as uh, the amounts million, billion, so I'm going to say billion with a B, two billion people reach over the Internet, and uh, that means that uh, a a percentage of those people can possibly listen to me. And God is using this program to reach people who want to know the truth, who don't have excuses about um, wanting to obey uh, someone that's preaching the truth. Um, I from time to time, come across people that expect me to be perfect for them to listen to me. Well, you sin, you sin, blah, blah, blah. Well, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20, plainly states this. It says that, for there is not a just man upon the earth that doesn't, it says in Ecclesiastes 7, verse 20, for there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sins not. All right, so we have scriptural evidence and proof that even someone who's preaching the truth will sin. So does that mean that we shouldn't obey them? Does that mean that we shouldn't take what's saying seriously? Well, unfortunately, quite a few people think so. And if they think that, then they have some serious issues with understanding biblical truth. And they need to to study the Bible, and they need to learn how to tremble before his words and you know, many people think, and we're going to cover this today in this program, that the Holy Spirit is a a person that has a throne. And there's nowhere in the Bible that the Holy Spirit has a throne. Uh, I'm going to prove that to you today. I know that may be a shock for some of you, but that's the case. And I'm going to use scriptural evidence. And if you get mad at that evidence, don't don't. Get mad at me, get mad at God, because God reveals himself, who he is in the scriptures. You don't have to scratch your heads. It's in the Bible. You just have to to look into the scriptures to to discover these things. And another thing, let's understand something, because I I think many people don't understand the purpose of people like myself, who are not perfect. And one of the requirements for a minister or Torah teacher is certainly not perfection. Um, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 and he says he gave some, not everyone, apostles and that means the gift of apostleship, some prophets, the gift of prophecy, 
some evangelists the gift of evangelism, and some pastors the gift of pa- pastoring and, and teachers, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Messiah. Verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man, into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so people will challenge me and say, well, you think you're the only person that's trying to obey God. Uh." Well, look, I'm not the only person, and the scriptures say that there's some that are qualified to be teachers like myself. I know I'm not the only one. However, these are the days of Noah, and the days of Noah, (laughs) these are the end-time days of Noah, and there wasn't that many people on the earth that were righteous. And people will get all upset when I say that, but it's the truth. And and it's the truth that there's not too many people upon the earth that are really trying to obey God. Now, I'm not being prideful, neither I'm being self-righteous by saying that I'm one of them. I would be lying to say otherwise. I try to obey the scriptures to the best of my ability. And that's the definition of a righteous person. A righteous person is not perfect, and people have in their head that, Someone has to be perfect to be righteous, and it's nowhere in the Scriptures. I just quoted the Scripture to you in Ecclesiastes 7, verse 20. And then that gives them an excuse to justify that they shouldn't listen to me because I'm not perfect myself. In case, we should not read the entire Bible then, because the entire Bible was written by unperfect men. <laughs> so that, that doesn't make any kind of sense. Uh, and The Bible was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. All right, And so we know those words are perfect. But he used imperfect men to write the scriptures. And Moses sinned. David sinned. Even John the Baptist sinned. Job sinned. They all sinned, but they were considered righteous. And so we can't use that excuse to justify wickedness. And unfortunately, I've been running into people lately that uh, want to do that. And they want to use the excuse that canard. You're not perfect. Ha, 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 ha. Why should I listen to you? You know, and that, that, that is, that's certainly, you have to change that attitude, folks, if you want to make it into God's kingdom. You can't have that attitude. You can't have the excuse because I'm not perfect. Uh, that means you shouldn't listen to me if I'm telling the truth. You have to, what you have to do is be a Berean. Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Uh you have to use this as an example here. Paul, Paul knew the Torah better than me. What I mean for, for people who are listening to me for the first time, what I mean by Torah, I mean the law. Um, in the Old Testament, the word law is translated Torah. All right? So let me ask you a question for the people that want to be smart aleck about this. Uh, when you are going to school and you have an instructor, you know full well the instructor is not perfect, but yet you give you, you give attention to uh, the instructor, right, and, and you're taking what the instructor is teaching you seriously, right, and you know the man's not perfect or the woman's not perfect that's teaching you. Well, you should have the same respect for anyone that you know that's teaching the Bible correctly. So just give that some thought. But anyway, um, Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Acts chapter 17, verse 10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night into Berea, who coming went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, 
and that they received the word with all readiness in mind. So here's the attitude. They they were ready to receive. They wanted to receive it. They didn't, they didn't sit there and say, well, I've got to sit here and fall asleep and put their hands on their head and walk out and leave every five minutes, uh, actually showing that they just don't want to listen. They didn't have that type of attitude. They had a readiness of mind to want to, to um, understand the scriptures. And they searched the scriptures daily. So they just didn't do this on the Shabbat, on the Sabbath. They did it daily. And they searched whether those things were so that Paul was teaching them. And so that's, that's the formula to use for me or for anyone to, to check and make sure that I'm preaching correctly. When I quote these scriptures, you should have your Bible. Every time you listen to this program, you should have your Bible by you, and you should be checking these scriptures and make sure that I'm teaching you correctly. That's, that's what you should do. And, and they search the scriptures daily whether those things were so. And then because they searched those scriptures daily, what happened? In verse 12, therefore many of them believed. That's how you believe, by searching the scriptures and studying those scriptures on a, on a consistent basis from somebody who's shown you where the scriptures is at to make sure that those scriptures are there because we're, we're not perfect. I just read to you in Ecclesiastes 7, verse 20, that there's not a just man on the earth that doesn't sin. Okay? But does that automatically disqualify me to be a teacher? Well, does that qualify a professor of marketing from being a teacher because they're, they're not perfect? No. We've got to stop using these silly excuses not to obey what the Bible says, ladies and gentlemen, because that's all it is. It's silly excuses. And God has raised up imperfect people to teach you. If you don't like that, you go talk to him about it. I, I, didn't, I didn't do that. Ephesians chapter 4, if you want perfect people, then you need to pray to God because there's no perfect people on the earth that can teach you the Bible. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 11. Again, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, so we should be at unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and why? Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. And I see this a lot in the Messianic, uh, in the Hebraic roots movement, uh, in, in the Messianic Ju uh, Judaism movement. I see it outside of that. I see all this deception. You have this, this one teacher, that teacher. I'm not knocking teachers, but you have to, including, I'm putting myself in this, you have to make sure that what we're teaching is correctly, and you have to do your independent Bible study. You have to check into what we're saying. You have to do daily Bible study, because if you don't, you can be easily deceived, and I mean easily deceived by somebody who don't know the Scriptures themselves, Verse, but they think they do. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, every wind of teaching, by the slight of men and the cunning, cunning crafting. And now some are sincerely, you know, they're, they're sincerely wrong, but they're sincere about it. They're not trying to deceive, but there, there's quite a few people, unfortunately, that know what they're doing, and they're just out to try to get money from you, and they're, and, they're dece and they're teaching you in the wrong way to do so. It says, by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But here's what my goal is, is, is speaking the truth in love. And many people think love is always hugs and kisses. Sometimes it's hard, folks. Let me, hope, let me, let me prove it to you in Ephesians 4, verse 15. Because I'm sick and tired of people trying to tell me about, what, about my job. 
okay? And it's kind of similar to if you have worked a job for 20 years and someone's trying to tell you how to do your job. I mean, that, that would certainly upset you, wouldn't it? But anyway, Isaiah 58 verse 1 says, Cry aloud, spare not. I'm not supposed to spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. And so when you lift up your voice like a trumpet, you're certainly not doing it. Hey, yeah, how you doing? No, you're going, how you doing? You know, you're doing it with force. It says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sin. And why must I do this on this program and when I teach people? I get tired of people acting like because I raise my voice, I'm sinning or something. If that's the case, look at Matthew chapter 23. Yeshua sinned then, because he certainly raised his voice when he was uh, rebuking the Pharisees in front of everybody publicly. Okay? Verse 2. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness. This is a prophecy about our nation and other nations that claim to believe in God, that, that have the Bible and have the wealth of the world. I'm talking about modern Israel today. That's who we are. The, when you see Israel in the Bible, it's not just referring to the Jews. It's referring to the United States and the British Commonwealth of Nations, the countries in Northwestern Europe, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. If you don't believe that, go to www.b as in boy, org and find out for yourself. Check into it. I have nothing to hide. Everything that I teach can be proven out of the scriptures. So, getting back to what I was saying here. So, you have imperfect people teaching. There's not a just man on the earth that does not sin. And so if we understand that, we can't use the excuse, oh, he's not perfect, then I'm not going to listen to what he's saying because he's not perfect. You can't do that. We have to live by every word of God. And God meant every word. Not We don't pick and choose which ones we want to obey like, like it's a smorgasbord. And that's unfortunately, is what our people are doing today, the majority. And... Another thing, you can pray until your knees drop dead, okay? But if you don't obey God, he's not going to hear you. Uh, Isaiah 1, verse 15, And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. So if we don't obey God, he's not going to hear your prayers, folks. You can make as many prayers as you want. He is not going to hear you. This is how he's going to hear you. This is what you have to do. Verse 16, Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my ways. Cease to do evil. That's how you can make them hear you when you pray. All right? Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fathers. Plead for the widow. Verse 18, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, rebellion is not obeying God. You shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Not my mouth, the Lord's mouth. All I'm doing, all any teacher of the Bible does is read you the scriptures and any sources that back up the scriptures. If they're not doing that, they're not true teachers of God. And God gives you a warning in Jeremiah 23 to be able to distinguish who are the true teachers of God and who aren't. And, and Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter 23, it states the following, verse 17. 
says, they say still unto them that despise me, the Lord has said, you shall have peace. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. If there's anybody that claims to be a minister and they say no evil's upon you, you know they're false. You shouldn't even listen to the rest of what they're saying because there's evil all over the place. And, and because of the world's sins, uh, there's going to be the great tribulation occurring upon here very soon. Verse 18, for who has stood in the counsel of the Lord and have proceeded and heard his word? Who has marked his word and behold? And in verse 19, this is a prophecy. Uh, this is, explains the reason why we have hurricanes as much as we've had them here in the 21st century. But behold, a whirlwind, which means hurricane, the Lord has gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind. It shall fall up grievously upon the head of the wicked. Verse 20. The anger of the Lord shall not return until he has executed, until he has performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, you shall consider it perfectly. In the latter days, whenever you see that phrase, the latter days, is, is certainly talking about these end times. And this is interesting. It's talking about hurricanes in the context of the end times. And we, we've had uh, some horrendous hurricanes here in the 21st century. Verse 21 of Jeremiah chapter 23. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. Verse 22, but if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, that's what ministers do and that's what prophets do. They have the ability to cause or influence the people to hear the words of God. Then they should have turned from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. And I, you know, I get wrongly uh, persecuted because that's what I do. I, I, I try to influence people to hear the words of God. That's what I have to do. That's my commission. Verse 23, I, God at hand, said the Lord, and not a God far off. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, says the Lord. Verse 25, I have heard what the prophets said, that prophesied lies in my name. There's many prophets, false prophets that do that, saying, I have dreamed, dreamed, dreams, all these dreams. I, got, I, did, I had this dream. I had that dream. All right? How do you, the Bible tells you how you can confirm a dream. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, if you read that whole chapter, it tells you, especially the first few verses. If someone has a dream and it came to pass, but yet they're preaching false doctrine, you're not supposed to, to, to listen to them. Plain and simple as that. Verse 26, how long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesied lies? Yes, they are prophets of the deceit of their own hearts. Verse 27, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams which they tell every man to his neighbor as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal or false god. Verse 28, the prophet that has a dream, and there are, you know, there are legitimate dreams, but you shouldn't take any dream seriously unless that individual is preaching true doctrine and correct doctrine. Let him tell a dream, and he that have my word, let him speak my word faithfully. And people say, it's not possible for, for me or anyone else to speak his word faithfully. Well, obviously God is a liar because God stated here, and I'm being sarcastic, that let him speak my word faithfully. So obviously there's people that can speak his word faithfully. All right? What is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord? Verse 29, is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh rock in pieces? And people expect God's words to always be gentle and kind and sweet and all that. No. Sometimes his word is like fire. Well, actually, he, he says here, sometimes he says, is not my word like a fire, says the Lord. And a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. Place here in Jeremiah 23, verse 29. The, the Spirit is leading me here to 
to talk about something that I think is very important, people's attitude when they hear Torah teachers. And I, I'm going to have to correct people's attitude about this because it, it needs correcting. Uh, Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. What it does is pierce, even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the narrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's why many people don't like someone speaking the truth because it cuts, it, it, really, get, it really gets into your, your soul and reveals your true self. That's the problem. And many people don't want their true selves revealed because they don't want to change. They don't want to repent. That's the reason why he states that his people are very stubborn and stiff-necked, that they have resisted the Holy Spirit for years, and they still do today. Acts chapter 7, Stephen, when he got martyred, he said a very astounding thing here. Acts 7, verse 51. He says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Spirit. And in, Hebrew, in Acts chapter 5, verse 32, it says, you only receive the Holy Spirit if you obey him. If you don't obey him, you will not receive the Holy Spirit, and you will not get your prayers answered. Yes, and you must obey him by a Torah teacher's correct teachings. Thus says the Lord. It says that in the Bible. And if you're going to have a, a, a carnal, rebellious attitude about that, then Lord help you. God help you. That's all I've got to say about it. Because we all have to, to come to the judgment seat of Christ. And we better have a humble attitude when we do so, and we won't live a second. Because what does he say here in, in, the, in the book of Psalms? Psalms chapter 2. Stop thinking we know more than God. Verse 12. Kiss the son, that not he be angry, and you perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little. Uh-oh, is something wrong with God because he's angry, right? No, no. He has righteous indignation. Most people don't understand. I need to do a Bible study on this. Righteous indignation. Righteous wrath. There's unrighteous wrath and there's righteous wrath. Most people don't understand the righteous wrath. They think God is this little nicey-poo all the time, and he's just going to smile all the time. When you sin, he just smiles. Oh, it's no big deal. Oh, it's just a little sin. No, no, he's not like that, folks. That's not the real God in the Bible. All right? And this is an example of the real God here in the Bible. Kiss the son, that not he be angry, and you perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled, but a little, just a little. Oh, he has anger management problems, huh? God, right? No, he doesn't have any anger management problems. He has a right to get angry at us when we don't obey him, okay? Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. And a righteous man can follow this example. In control, of course. And we, we don't we don't kill people, but but from time to time, righteous men and women will raise their voice and get angry at somebody, and it can be justifiable, folks, based on the scriptures. As long as you don't lose control doing it, but you have to have the wisdom to know when to do it and when not to do it. That's the key, and that's what you know. Sometimes I even struggle with that. Okay, but but the thing is, uh, there's times. To, to be angry, and it's the time to not be angry. And God is angry with the wicked every day. Every day. He's angry with the wicked. Let me uh, show that scripture to you. 
And people just, just, just don't understand God's true nature. They don't understand. Uh, it says right here in Psalm 7, verse 11, God judges the righteous and God is angry. And it's added here. He says he's angry every day. And then with the wicked, that was added by the King James uh, translators. That's probably a good addition. But uh, in the Amplified Version, it says God is a righteous judge. Yes, a God who is indignant every day. <laughs> so, so I guess God has anger management problems, right? Because he's angry every day, right? So, but anyway, we, we got to stop it with all this thinking that we know God when we don't study the Bible and we don't take God seriously. And yet, we want to tell somebody who does do it that he doesn't know what he's talking about. That is one of the most foolish things that you can do. That's one of the most foolish things that you can ever do, to say something like that. So you've you got to be very careful about that because God doesn't like you talking about people that serve him. He does not like that. you better be careful when you talk to God's servants in a disrespectful way. I'm warning you, anyone that does that. And you better, if you're going to, talk to one of God's servants and you do have proof that they're wrong, you better have your proof. Because if you don't have your proof, believe me, the examples of Moses when they falsely accused him, what happened uh, to, to the people, uh, there's other examples, bad things will happen to you. So you better be careful on how you talk to any of God's servants and, and when they're doing right and you falsely accuse them. You better be careful of that. I mean, even... Yeshua warns us of doing that in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, verse 7. It says, Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it means the offenses come, but woe to the man by whom the offense cometh. Okay, so he's telling you, be careful. If you have a legitimate complaint, you better have a legitimate complaint. So... So we've got to stop this attitude that no one is capable of understanding the Scriptures. If we, if we say that, that we're calling God a liar and we're making him stupid, because in Matthew chapter 28, it plainly states this in verse 20. Teaching them to observe, he was telling his um, uh, Talmudine or disciples this. He says in Matthew 28, verse 20, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. So that means there will be disciples being taught properly to teach all the way into the end of the world. Like the apostles who were not perfect, but yet they taught correctly. So we got to stop with all this attitude problem. Our parents aren't perfect, and yet we, we give them, or we're supposed to anyway, give them respect. Just because our parents aren't perfect, should we not obey them? So let's, let's stop using satanic common sense, or it's actually not satanic common sense, it's satanic uh, uh, wrong thought. That's what I should say. And you, you have to tremble before God's word. Just because somebody's correcting you through the scripture doesn't make them self-righteous, folks. Self-righteousness is, a, is not giving God the credit. When I talk... The reason why I quote so many scriptures is because I'm giving God the credit. It's not my words, it's his words that I must preach, not my own words. And so that's not being self-righteous. Self-righteous is when you get off the scriptures and you try to act like you understand God so well that you can change the scriptures and put it into a, a, a format that is different from God. That's, that's being self-righteous. 
And being self-righteous is also uh, acting like it's because of you that you're able to obey God. Ultimately, it's because of God that you're able to obey him. He gives you the Holy Spirit to obey him. We all have to get to a point where we have to humble ourselves to obey him, ladies and gentlemen. Because if you don't do that, you're going to have some issues. Now, here's for anyone that wants to know, here's the definition of a righteous man. And, and notice he doesn't say the righteous man is perfect here. All right? Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 5. I'm going to read this in the uh, Amplified Version for clarity's sake. But if a man is uncompromisingly, uncompromisingly, uncompromisingly righteous, in other words, you don't, you, you, you make the decision to obey and you don't compromise. Okay, you, you're not compromising at all. All right? You're not making excuses not to obey. Oh, it's just a little sin. But, but if a man is uncompromisingly righteous, upright, and in right standing with God, and does what is lawful and right, what is lawful and right is obeying the Torah, the, the instructions of God, and is not eaten at the idol shrines, or he's not committing idolatry, upon the mountains, nor lifted up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, has not defiled his neighbor's wife, nor come near to a woman in her time of impurity or her period, which is, you know, you shouldn't do that, have sex with a, uh, your wife, um, and she uh, is on her period, verse 7, and has not wronged anyone, but has restored the debtor his pledge, has taken nothing by robbery, but has given his bread to the hungry, and has covered the naked with a garment, who does not charge interest or percentage of increase on what he lends, in compassion, who withholds his hand from iniquity. In other words, he strives very much not to sin, who executes true justice between man and... So, so a man has to execute true justice at times, between man and man who has walked in my statutes and kept my ordinances to deal justly, then he is truly righteous. That's the definition of a righteous man. It's not somebody who's perfect, but someone who's striving for perfection, someone who's doing the best he can to obey the laws of God. That's, that's, a, that's the definition of a righteous man, not someone who's perfect. And he says this righteous individual or woman shall surely live. Actually, for those who want a definition of a righteous woman, uh, it's, it's in um, Proverbs here, Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs 31, it tells you the ideal woman, righteous woman. And you women, please listen to this, okay? Please listen to this. Proverbs 31, verse 10, a capable, intelligent, and virtuous woman. Who is he who can find her? And that's a good question because I tell you, it's, it's tough to, to find a, a, an intelligent or a holy man as well as a woman, but this is talking about a woman. She is far more precious than jewels, and her value is far above rubies or pearls. Verse 11 of Proverbs chapter 30, 31. The heart of her husband trusts her confidently and relies on her and believes in her securely so that he has no lack of honest gain or need of spoil. I tell you, it's tough to find that type of woman, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 12. She comforts, encourages, and does him only good, only good, as long as there is life within her. Again, this is this is the model woman, and I tell you, this is, this is something that every woman should strive to. 13 of Proverbs chapter 31, she seeks out wool and flax and works with willing hands. Verse 14, she is like the merchant ships loaded with foodstuffs. She brings her household's food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and gets spiritual food for her household and assigns her maids their tasks. Well, the AMB here says spiritual. I don't see where. Let me look up an original um Hebrew here and see if that means spiritual. I don't think it says meat. 
Okay, yeah, that's talking about me, so I don't know where that got spiritual. Let me get back to the King James here. <laughs> she rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat or food to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand she planteth a vineyard. She girds her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceived that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the staff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yes, she reached forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth and delivereth girdles into the merchants like she has her own business. This is the reason why in, in, in network marketing and multi-level marketing, who do you think is the gender that is more successful? the women and because a network marketing business is, is is catered toward the home and that's where a woman really belongs in the home uh, strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come she opened her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness or the Torah of kindness so she looketh well to the ways of her household and eat of not the bread of idols. she's not lazy verse 28 her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also praises her Many daughters have, have done virtuously, but you excel them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. It certainly is meaningless. It really is. But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. And that's the, the model righteous woman. And I read you the model righteous man. Neither of them are perfect, but they're striving to be perfect, or the Hebraic way of understanding perfection is completion, being complete. And so I've hoped that I've explained to you that just because I'm not perfect doesn't give you an excuse not to listen to the words that I preach if it's backed up by the scriptures. And yes, God has prophesied that there would be imperfect teachers in the end times teaching his truth. And you can't use the excuse, oh, they're not perfect, so I'm not going to uh, uh, believe them. Oh, they're not capable of understanding the scriptures. Well, you're are calling God a liar, basically, when you say that, because there's going to be people that can prove to you that they know the Scriptures by quoting the Scriptures correctly. And so if you have a problem with that, you go argue with God about that. And you want to be smart, Alec, go ahead and talk to God about that and see where you get. All right? So um, these are the days of Noah. There's not going to be that many people on the earth preaching correctly. The Bible tells you that. There's, there's uh, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, uh, it says here, Enter ye into the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in there. Verse 14, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way. Narrow is the way. Narrow in the original Greek is thebo, and it means uh, to crowd, Okay? Uh, afflict, he says, affliction is the way. This is interesting because it's telling, affliction is the way which leads into life. And few there be that find. That's the first time I ever looked that word up, and that's what it means. And few means puny, very, you know, very tiny amount. There be that finds this way. And see, that's the reason why a lot of people don't want to obey God because there, there's, it's a challenge. They want everything. See, especially Americans, we want everything easy. Uh, we just want to push a button. We just want to lay back and, and so forth. And, and you know, you can't have that attitude and expect to, to be able to be obedient toward God, ladies and gentlemen. 
you can't have that type of attitude. This is this is going to be a difficult path, but it's a path that you can make it with the help of the Holy Spirit if you don't resist it, if you don't resist it. The Bible says that if you don't resist the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will be poured out on you so you can understand his words. You know, a person, an individual that's close to me was saying, hey, you know, you think you're the only one to understand God's word. No, I'm not the only one, but I am one of them. I'm certainly one of them. And the reason why is because I try to do the best I can to take his words seriously, and I tremble before his words. And if you do that, this is what's going to happen. You'll be able to understand the scriptures. In Proverbs chapter 1, Proverbs chapter 1, it says, it says right here, plainly, what's the formula to understand in the scriptures? It says in verse 22, how long you simple ones? Simple people, they just believe anything someone says. Well, they, just, they don't even check. They just go ahead and believe it. It's blind belief, okay? And God doesn't want you believing that way, just blindly. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? Simplicity, And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. And he's telling you in, in verse 23 to do teshuva, to repent. Turn you at my reproof or correction. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, I will make my 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 I will make known my words unto you, and so if you don't have this attitude of wanting to tremble before his words or wanting to be to want to be corrected by his words, and then you won't receive the Holy Spirit so you can understand those words. That's why you know when I talk to people, and they think I'm crazy because I'm quoting scriptures that they, they don't have the desire to want to study the Bible like they want. They don't do daily Bible study. Whenever they think about it, it's something that they. They, they they don't really want to do. And so when you have that rebellious attitude like that, you're not going to be able to understand the Scriptures totally. And so somebody like me or someone else who's trying with the best of their ability to understand the Bible and doing daily Bible study, of course you're going to think they're crazy because you're not studying the Bible consistently, and so you're not going to have the understanding that I'm going to have or anyone else that is trying to study the Bible. That's the key. That's the key. And see, here's a warning. If you don't take God seriously, this is what's going to happen, verse 24. Because I have called and you have refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. And so when you have this attitude, you don't want to be corrected by the Scriptures. Use the excuse, okay, you're not perfect, Canard. I'm not going to, even though the Scriptures correct, I don't care. You're not perfect. All right, you had that kind of attitude, verse 26. I will also, this is what he said, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes. When your fear comes as desolation at your, and your destruction come as a whirlwind, as a hurricane, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they shall call upon me. Then they're going to start praying, right? But what's going to happen? Then they shall call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. And why? Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They were none of my counsel. How do you get his counsel? He preaches, he, he reveals his words to his servants. And if you don't have a teachable attitude, you're going to have a, a horrible life, ladies and gentlemen. All right? They were none of my counsel. They despise all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whosoever hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely. 
and she'll be quiet from fear of evil. Everybody's trying to be preppers and all that. But you know what's really, the preparation you really should be focusing on? Obeying God. If you obey God, everything else will be taken care of, folks. That's what your, your main focus should be, is obeying him. And if you obey him, he promises to help you and protect you. And we can't have this rebellious attitude. Uh, you know, our people, unfortunately, have a history of rebellion. And, and it's, it's really bad today. I mean, from my own experience, the, the fact that I get persecuted because I'm preaching the truth. Kill chapter 3, verse 3, it states plainly. Uh, and, and this is interesting, Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1. This is the kind of attitude that God wants us to have in reference to his words. In, in verse 1, it says, More of he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou find, and eat this roe, and, and go speak unto the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat the roe. So he wants us to eat his words, just like Yeshua, not literally eat it, you know, but you should study it like you are eating it, like you eat food. Because he said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Man must not live by bread alone. By, by every word that, that, that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay? And verse 3 of Ezekiel, And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with his roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. And he said unto me, Son of man, go and get thee into the house of Israel, and speak with my words unto them. Okay? And so that's what a minister, or that's what I do. I speak his words out of the Bible. Okay? Verse 5, For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. The house of Israel is the Jews today, the United States, the countries in northwestern Europe, Canada, New Zealand, South Africa, and all those around the world who believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, Jesus is the Messiah. That's the house of Israel today. All right? Verse 6, Not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language whose words you cannot understand. Surely had I sent you to them... They would have hearkened to thee, which is an interesting Bible study on the rest of humanity. So if he didn't go to the rest of humanity, then is all of humanity lost? Of course not. That's another Bible study. Verse 7 of Ezekiel, chapter 7. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me. That's the problem. Well, I know this is the problem. I don't like it, but when I preach the truth to people... They don't. They, they they look at me and say, "You don't know what you're talking about." They don't take me. They're not taking him serious, you know. It says, but the, but the house of Israel will not hearken unto me, for they will not hearken unto me. For all the house of Israel are imputed and hard-headed. And so, if you have a problem with that, you go talk to him about it, because he said that about all of us. We have a tendency to be rebellious toward him. So, if you have a problem with that, you go talk to him. Verse eight. Behold, I have made thy face strong against their faces and thy forehead strong against their foreheads. As an adamant harder than flint have I made thy forehead. And that's my forehead. I'm, I'm, a, I'm very stubborn when it comes to the Bible, folks. I am not going to compromise. And I get persecuted because of that, because Ezekiel was the same way. Okay? And I, I'm going to be hard and... Hey, that's just the way it is. I'm gentle too, but when it comes to obeying God, I am not going to compromise. Verse 9, As an adamant hearted and flint have I made thy forehead. Fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious heart. Moreover, he said unto the Son of Man, All my words that I shall speak unto thee, receive in thy mind, and hear with thine ears. 
and go. Get to the people of the captivity. And to understand this in the end time, we're in spiritual captivity because most of us don't even understand the true God. Unto the children of thy people, and speak unto them, and tell them, Thus says the Lord God, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. And that's, that's what I do, this program. Not everybody, unfortunately, is going to believe what I say. They're going to false accuse me. Oh, he's not perfect. Uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He has, okay. And then they don't even look at the scriptures and don't see whether what I'm saying is true or not. So, you know, it's, it's, folks, you know, it's, it's going to get down. Things are going to get tough here. I'm, I'm warning you in the future. We have got to figure out who are true, who are God's true servants and who are God's false servants, ladies and gentlemen. Because if you don't figure that out, it's going to be very difficult for you to survive the Great Tribulation. All right? That's about to come upon the earth. And the only way you're going to be able to tell if I'm preaching right is that you do extensive Bible study. You should do Bible study as much as you eat. Because our Lord, the Master, said, man must not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said that in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, ladies and gentlemen. We have got to take him serious. And you have to tremble before his words and stop using the excuse that somebody's not perfect that's preaching his words and you shouldn't obey him because of that. Uh, you shouldn't obey what he's saying. Because all he's doing is using uh, the words of God, and, and really you're obeying God. You're not obeying the person. You're obeying God if, if the person's preaching correctly. Isaiah 66, verse 2, he says, For all those things have my hand made, and all those things have been, says the Lord, but to this man will I look, to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembles at his word. We have to tremble at his word for him to take you serious. We have to tremble at his word for him to answer our prayers and to provide us with blessings, folks. He's not going to take you seriously if you don't take his word seriously. Why should God take you seriously if you, if you don't take him seriously? You know, uh, So you have to take him seriously. You've got to stop uh, worshiping the creation, and you have to worship the creator, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't do that, you're going to have great difficulty in your life. You may have physical things and all that, but deep down inside, you're not going to be very happy. You're not going to be very happy because Yeshua stated plainly that a life, your life does not consist of the things that you possess. And many people think that. They think that their possessions uh, are more important in life. That's, that's what you need to do. That, that's the thing you need to focus on is, is how much possessions you have. You know, and, and, that's, and that's not true. A man's life does not consist of the things that he possesses. Let me let me find that scripture. It's in Luke chapter uh, 15, I think, here. A man's life does not consist of the things he possesses. And so, you know, that, that that's the thing that we all have to understand. And if we don't understand that, then we're going to have great difficulty um, in... Uh, understanding someone who is preaching the truth. We're going to have all these excuses of why we shouldn't obey and so forth. And and the only way you're going to be able to tell anybody, again, the only way you're going to be able to tell if anybody, if anybody's preaching the truth, you have to do independent Bible study on your own. You have to uh, take those words seriously. It's really the only way 
that you're going to be able to understand the scriptures uh, like you should. Actually, I misquoted here. It's Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Luke, Luke chapter 12, verse 15. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. Many people judge my ministry because I don't have a lot of people. I don't have a big you know, congregation of 200 people. Well, you know, <laughs> Elijah didn't have that many people. Uh, it's not about people. It's the quality of people. That's what it's about. And it's not about numbers. And many people think it's about numbers. And, and Matthew 7, verse 14, it plainly states that there's very few people during this, this troublesome time in the world that are even going to obey God. That's what it says. And so when I say I'm one of the people that do try with the best of their ability to obey God, I'm telling you the truth. I'll be lying to say that I'm not because I do try with the best of my ability to obey God. Do I sin? Yes, I sin. But I try to do the best I can not to sin. And that is the truth. So help me, God. And that is the definition of a righteous man. And uh, self-righteousness is when you, you're not humble like that, when you don't say those things and you try to act like you don't ever sin. That's being self-righteous. But when somebody's humble enough to admit it, you know that this person is not self-righteous. So, and see, many people, they, they don't understand. I guess I don't think I'm going to get to the <laughs> topic of my Bible study, unfortunately, today. I think the Lord has led me to talk about this, and I guess I have to change the title of this this Bible study. But um, Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6 states plainly the following. And this is something that, has a, that, that I'm experiencing, and I know I will continue to experience it with people that don't want to, to obey what the Master commands throughout the entire Bible because he's the Word of God. Luke chapter 6, verse 22, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company. This has happened to me frequently throughout me um, keeping the, the, the commandments, keeping the Torah, the instructions of God, and it will continue to do so because people that don't fully want to obey God will separate themselves from me because I want to fully obey God. That doesn't make me self-righteous. It just makes me righteous according to the Bible. Uh, verse 22, because I gave you the definition of a righteous person. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you. And I, I tell you, I, I, I live this scripture. <laughs> And cast you out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. And so, you know, I get people that are close to me tell me that, hey, they're going to kick you out. You know, they're going to do this. Well, what did the Master say? If I stand up for the Son of God's teaching, that's what's going to happen to me for people who don't want to stand up for the Son of God's teaching. Okay? It says in verse 22, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. And so I should be rejoicing. It's, it's difficult not to rejoice about this, but I, he commands me to do so, and I need to work on that. But he says, Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Okay, so, you know, I should feel good <laughs> about that. You know, so... so uh, that is encouraging words to me, and I know I'm not the only person that's standing up for the truth. I don't believe there's that many based on the scriptures, but but uh, I know those that, that are preaching the truth like me and, 
and so forth, they have it hard. I know they have it hard. It's tough. It's really tough. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. Think not that I have come to send peace on the earth, but I came not to send peace but a sword, and that sword is the word of God, ladies and gentlemen. Hebrews 4, verse 12, verse 35. For I have come to set a man at variance against his father. And this is all because of the truth. And, pe- and people say, well, I'm trying to cause division. I'm not trying to cause division. They're causing division because they don't want to believe what God says. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and, and the daughter against his mother and the daughter-in-law against his mother-in-law. And a man's foe shall be of day of his own household. And so it's, it's telling you that there will be men, righteous men, even in the end times, that's going to have difficulty even with his family because his family don't, don't want to go exactly 100% with what he's trying to teach him out of the Bible. And they have all kinds of excuses. You're not perfect. You're saying blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and that's, that's, that's an excuse to do wickedness. Verse 37, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And then verse 38, he that, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Okay? And so these, again, are the words of God. These are not my words. And if you want to have this, this smartic attitude and say, okay, well, you're not perfect. Uh, you think you're the only one to understand the scriptures. Did I ever say that? No. No, I'm not the only one that don't understand the scriptures. And there's, there's others. The Bible prophesied that there's other people that understand the scriptures. Uh, over here in Revelation, Revelation, let's turn to Revelation. Revelation chapter 11, uh, 12, Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, uh, verse 16. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Verse 17. And the dragon was angry with the woman and went to make war with the remaining of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Yeshua Messiah. Okay, so I'm not the only one that's obedient toward God, ladies and gentlemen. All right? If I ever gave you that impression, I apologize. Okay? <laughs> I'm not the only one, but the Bible predicts accurately that there's not many on the earth that do obey God. That's not my fault. That's not God's fault. Don't get mad at us for that, okay? That's just the way it is. And you have to humble yourself and realize that there's certain people on the earth that are speaking God's truth, and you must listen to them when they're speaking the truth. You must listen to them because in Romans chapter 10, it tells you this plainly, tells you this plainly. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And what that really means is that when you call upon his name, you're looking to to be obedient to him. Verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And belief certainly involves obedience. And how shall they believe in him? If you don't believe that, read the entire chapter of James chapter 2. James chapter 2, faith must have works. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed or have faith? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So you have to have preachers. You can't wipe away preachers from the equation, ladies and gentlemen. They give you the understanding of the text. That's what preachers do that have that gift. Okay? And don't be afraid to be taught. You're not afraid to be taught something... Uh, from a professor, 
And so you shouldn't be afraid to be taught. You shouldn't be afraid to be taught uh, the correct teachings from someone who knows what they're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. You, sh- you should not be afraid to be taught. And you shouldn't feel upset and you shouldn't feel uh, intimidated by somebody who's speaking the truth, ladies and gentlemen. You shouldn't, you shouldn't feel that way at all. You should feel grateful and you should feel appreciative that someone is telling you the truth because the truth is really hated in society today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's a prophecy that reveals that. Isaiah chapter 59. It's in verse 1 it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. It says, For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perverseness. None call for justice nor pleaded for truth. It's saying the vast majority don't, don't do this. They don't plead for truth. They don't want the truth. Psalm 119, verse 142 is the instructions of God. Very few people even plead for it. And plead in the original Hebrew means uh, to, um, to, to, to govern, to litigate by the truth. They trust in vanity, and they speak lies. They conceive mischief. And then right here, it says in verse 7, their feet run to evil. They don't walk to evil. They run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting, and destruction are in their paths. It says the way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. And whoever goes there and shall not know peace. And so when you read this here, it says it talks about truth, and the truth is lacking in society today. This is a prophecy. In verse 14, And judgment is turned away far off, and justice standing afar off. For truth is falling in the street, and equity can, uh, cannot enter. And so truth is hated. It's not appreciated, appreciated in society today. Well, anyway... I was going to talk about the nature of God this week, but it led me to talk about something else today. And I hope you did get something out of this, and I'm going to retitle this program uh, and put it in the archives. And I'll be available to you next week, and hopefully we will talk about the nature of God uh, because it's very important to um, talk about that topic because uh, quite a few people are confused about the nature of God. Until then, shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.